Please keep your Bibles turned to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 3 this morning. And we do want to say welcome to, uh, to everyone, uh, especially we want to say welcome to our uh, Facebook Live audience. We appreciate that uh, so much. And uh, I, I've just got to say thank you. Um, now, we have been dealt a real serious problem in our world, this uh, pandemic, and uh, it's something that none of us wanted to see happen. But God has taken this lemon God has taken this lemon, and he's made lemonade. He's made something good out of it. Uh, we have discovered uh, a, uh, an online audience, uh, our classes. Uh, Billy has been doing a phenomenal job on his classes. Uh, I've been trying to carry my part of the load. And uh, people have been watching. And, um, for example, this past Thursday... Uh, for Bible investigation, we did a class uh, on uh, Christians' response to racism. That is right now hitting almost 900 views. 900 people have watched that one class. I think it will probably end up topping a thousand before it's all over. That's the effect, that's the impact that we're having. So keep on praying, keep on encouraging each other, and let's keep on working together as a team here at 70 West. As parents, we often like to pass on to our children things that we enjoyed uh, as a child growing up. Uh, one father, he loved the Looney Tunes, especially Roadrunner and Wally Coyote. So one Saturday morning, he sat down his four-year-old son on the couch next to him, and they started watching the Roadrunner cartoons. After about, oh, six or eight cartoons, the little boy turns to his dad. He says, you know what, Dad? No matter what he does, he's never going to catch that chicken. That's true. Wiley E. Coyote never caught the chicken, the roadrunner. But Wiley Coyote reminds me of many of us who are chasing, we're chasing happiness, we're chasing satisfaction, and we think we can achieve it by, uh, the world says, by fame, by fortune, maybe by having a bunch of friends, but it keeps on eluding us. We keep on failing to catch that chicken. And then some of us, some of us even try Christianity. We try Christianity and we think, well, that would be the answer. But then a hardship comes along. A problem sets up. Difficulties are there. Maybe even friends may leave us. And we start questioning our decision. And we think, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Maybe, maybe I'll just give up. Recently, I was part of a webinar. That's a seminar put on the internet. 
And, and in this uh, seminar, this seminar was for churches as we prepare to come out of this pandemic. One speaker said this. He said, get ready. There'll be some people, some of your members, that will not come back. They will give up. All of this would have been too much for them, and they will just give up. Does that describe you? Does that thought, has that thought went through your mind? Have you thought to yourself, well, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I'll just give up. Are you ready to give up? If so, there's an entire book in the New Testament written for you. It's written to people who were tempted to give up. These were Jewish Christians who, for in many cases, their families had abandoned them because of their faith in Jesus. In many cases, they had lost their jobs in many cases, they had lost their position in society, and some of them were even thinking about giving up their faith. It is to them, and to those of us today, who are tempted to give up on Jesus, that the book of Hebrews was written. Verse 1, chapter 3. Therefore... Other words, what I've already said in chapter 1 and chapter 2, because of what I've already said, holy brothers, you who share, we're not in this by ourselves. We're not isolated. We're not on a deserted island. You who share in a heavenly calling. Consider Jesus. Think about Jesus, the apostle, the one sent, and the high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him, him being God the Father, who appointed him just as Moses. So many of these Jewish Christians still looked up to Moses. They still considered Moses that special guy that they loved to talk about. Just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. When you're tempted to give up on Jesus, when you're tempted to give up on your faith, look to Christ. Look up to Jesus. Consider Jesus, the writer said. He'd already said in chapter 1 that Jesus represented God to us. Jesus is our best picture of God. In chapter 2, he reminds him that Jesus is the perfect high and then here, he's going to really drive home the lesson. Look at verse 3. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory. You look up to Moses, hey, Jesus is bigger and better. Worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Jesus 
Is God the son who built the house? Moses, he's just a stone in the house. He's just one brick in the wall. Jesus is the one who built the house. Let's continue. Verse 5. Now Moses was faithful. Yeah, he was faithful in all God's house as a servant. You know, he was a good leader to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ, Christ is so much better. Christ is faithful over God's house, not as a servant, but as a son. He's a son. Moses was a servant, true, in God's house, but Jesus is a son over God's house. If you were to visit a home that had servants, you could quickly tell the difference between the servants and the son it would be no problem to be able to, to tell the difference. There's a difference between Moses and Jesus. Jesus is much greater than Moses. And let me remind you, Moses was one of those big heroes to these Jewish people. Now, Moses is not one of our heroes. You know, we don't uh, necessarily talk about Moses every day in our lives. But we do have heroes that happen along. Remember what happened on Valentine's Day just two years ago? We had that horrible high school shooting at Park Lane, Florida. The assistant football coach, Aaron Feiss, he sacrificed his own body to be a shield for students and in so doing ended up dying. Now, that day, Aaron Feist was a hero. He's a hero, for sure. Now, we have other heroes we could talk about. We could talk about historical uh, heroes. We could talk about uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, one of my personal heroes, uh, led our country, wonderful president. I could talk about Nelson Mandela uh, for his work in getting rid of apartheid in South Africa. I could go on and on. But these guys... For all the work they did, they were only able to save a few, protect a few. Jesus is so much more. Because Jesus outshines them all. Jesus outshines them all. He's the one who made them all. Jesus is so much better. While they made a sacrifice to save a few, Jesus made a sacrifice to save all who would obey his word. Jesus is greater than any hero that any one of us could admire. And guess what? You and I can join that list of heroes along with Jesus. Your faith in Jesus makes you a part of his family. And because you're a part of his family, you receive part of his glory. Let's read the end of verse 6. And we are his house, and we, Christians, we are his house, if indeed we hold fast, hold firm our confidence and our boasting and our hope. We are heroes if we remain faithful. So don't stop trusting the Lord. Uh, don't give up your faith in Jesus. Yes, things are tough. 
Things are not the way we would like it to be right now. But Jesus, Jesus overcame problems, and so can we. When you're tempted to give up your faith, first of all, look up to Jesus, then second, look within at your own heart. Do a, a self-examination. Examine yourself to make sure that you're truly trusting Christ. Don't be like the Israelites of old who didn't really believe. Notice verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. Remember the children of Israel. They had seen all that God had done for them. And what did they do when they're finally, the opportunity is to enter the land? They turned their backs on God. Where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Day after day, God had demonstrated to them His provision, His care, and His love. And they turned their backs on the report from Joshua and Caleb and listened to the other spies, and they would not enter the promised land. So God, God gave up that generation. Forty years of wandering in the wilderness. Today, we need to examine our own hearts. We've got to make sure that we are truly trusting in the Lord. Look at verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Unbelief. Unbelief causes people to desert the living God. On the other hand, the true believer does not fall away. He stays faithful to his God. So examine your hearts. What's your motivation? What's your priority in life? What's driving you? My dear friends, please examine your heart to see if you're depending on Jesus or you're depending on your own strength. If you're depending on your own strength, you're going to fail. My dear friends, if you're at the place where you are tempted to give up your faith, number one, look up to Jesus. Number two, look within at your own heart to make sure that you're truly trusting Jesus. And number three, look around to other believers. Get help. Get encouragement from others who are following Jesus. Verse 13, but exhort... We would use the word encourage there probably. But exhort one another every day. Not occasionally, but every day. As long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Literally, come along beside your fellow Christians and help them. For several years, the youth group in Paragul would take a trip to Colorado, to the Rockies. And they would go there for a faith-building experience 
One year, a young man named Josh went, and um, Josh was a little bit insure, but he went ahead and signed up. And as they were going up the mountain together as a group, Josh made it to about two-thirds of the way, almost 70% of the way up there, and he said, hey guys, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Let me go back down. Let me go back down to the camp and I'll wait for you and, and I'll see you when you come back down. His fellow youth group members would not let him do that. They took turns. One would get on one side and one get on the other side and one would actually push from the bottom, okay? And they pushed him up. They kept on pushing him and pushing him and encouraging him until finally Josh made it to the top. And when he made it to the top, everybody applauded his efforts. That reminds me of the church. That's what the church is all about. We're not a collection of super saints. What are we? The church is a group of fellow travelers doing all that they can do to push each other to the top, to help each other become all that God has called us to be. If you're struggling with your faith today, and those of us in the Facebook Live audience, if you're struggling with your faith, that's not the time to cut away your ties to other Christians. Contact one of our elders Contact Billy. Contact me. We're here to help. Reach out. It's the time for you, especially, to get close to God's people. Get the help that you need because Satan is going to keep on whispering questions. He's going to keep on saying, you don't measure up. How can you even expect to make it on your own? You're nothing. You don't count for much. He's going to plant questions in our minds. And questions drive us to isolation. But that's not what we need. Questions can make hermits out of us, driving us into hiding. Yet the cave has no answer. Christ distributes courage throughout the community. He dissipates doubts through what? Fellowship. He never deposits all knowledge in one person, but distributes pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to many. When you interlock, when you interlock your understanding with mine, and we share our discoveries, when we mix and we mingle and we confess and we pray, Christ speaks. So don't cut your ties off from God's children. You need God's family. Why? Because the devil will never give up. I wish I could say the devil would give up. You know, one try, two tries, maybe three tries. You know, one, two, three strikes, he's out, he, he gives up. But he never gives up. He's always going to work on us and against us. But guess what? We have a great partner. Look at verse 14. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We share in Christ. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. As a young man growing up on a farm, I started driving a tractor when I was six and a half. And we worked. We worked hard. Ed, we worked hard on that farm. But I'm so thankful that I did not grow up in my father's generation. Because my father, he took over the family farm. My grandfather was an elder in the church, got ill. He had to take over the family farm because he was the oldest. He took it over when he was 12 and a half, running the whole farm. And he did it with a team of mules. I have no desire to farm with a team of mules. My dad told me enough stories that I know I don't want to do that kind of work. But I remember dad telling me how they would train young mules. When dad would get a, a colt of a, a young mule, he would team that little, that little mule up with his biggest, his biggest and best mule. And here you have in that yoke, that yoke is a piece of uh, wood that goes across the back of their neck and a harness arrangement. You have this big, strong mule in this little baby mule, okay? And what's happening there? Is the baby mule pulling his load? No. He's just learning the paces. He's learning the procedures. He's learning how to do it. He's not actually carrying any of the load. All the load is being carried by the big mule. That's the way it is with Jesus. We're teamed up with Jesus and he's carrying all the load. We have really nothing except just faith. We have to believe, we have to trust that Jesus will carry the load because He will. Encourage one another because we are a partner with Jesus and because of that, we will preserve, persevere and preserve. Only unbelievers lose their confidence and give up. Verse 15, As it was said, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who had left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Notice verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? Unbelief kept them from the promised land. Unbelief will keep us from our reward. Encourage one another because we trust in Jesus. Remember, He's your partner and you will, you will persevere if you only will trust. Now, will we get discouraged along the way from time to time? Yes. From time to time, we might have a doubt or two. And from time to time, we might even stumble and fall. But when we do, we have a God that will forgive if we will seek His forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. So when you're tempted to give up on Jesus, look up to Jesus. 
Look within your own heart. Examine and make sure that you're truly trusting Jesus. Look around to other Christians for the help that you need to keep going. And that's the way to keep the faith. Or maybe better said, that's the way to let the faith keep you. Are you a Christian this morning? Have you taken that, those steps to put that faith in the Lord? Listen to Jesus right here. Believe in Him, John 8, 24. Repent, Luke 13, 3. Confess, Matthew 10, 32. And be baptized for the remission of your sins, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. If you're not a Christian, you must do that to become a Christian. If you are a Christian, do you need to seek His forgiveness? 1 John 1, verse 9. The church here stands ready to pray with you and for you, James 5, 16. If you have any doubts in your heart, Monday night, Lord willing, during Bible investigation, the question that's been submitted is, how can I know for sure that I'm saved? We're going to look at that question. If you have doubts, if you have problems, come to us. Let us help you. We want to help you. We'll have two elders down here waiting for you to make that decision. These elders love you. They want to help you. If there's anything we can do for you this morning, will you please come while we stand and sing for your encouragement.
very powerful lesson right there. It's a lesson that I needed, and perhaps you will too. And uh, please, if you can, uh, tune in to our four classes. Just remember seven and nine. Uh, we have something for you at 7 and 9, Monday through Saturday. Uh, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., 9 a.m., 9 p.m. There's something for you there on Facebook Live. Take advantage of it. Bow with me, please. Our God and our Father, we humbly bow before your throne, Lord, so thankful for the privilege that we have to approach you with every confidence that you will hear and answer our prayers. We're so thankful, Lord, for your Son, for the sacrifice that he made for us, for the love that he had, for his willingness to die on that cross, giving us the privilege not only to have a hope of eternal life for you, but with you, but to be able to approach you. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had today to gather as your children, to come together 
as brothers and sisters to worship you, to encourage one another, to share in the remembrance of your son's sacrifice for us. Lord, we have many that are suffering physically, our friends and our loved ones. Lord, we pray that you would continue to watch over them and care for them. We pray, Lord, that you would be with those that sit by their side, that you would give them comfort and peace during these days. Lord, for those that are struggling spiritually, we, we especially pray, Lord, that they would seek, seek you out to your word, that they would seek out encouragement from their brothers and sisters, and that we would seek them out, offer them encouragement and instruction and correction where necessary. Lord, we pray that we would all have the courage to carry your word with us as we live out our daily lives, that we would be the, the light to a lost and dying world. We pray, Lord, that we, you would give us the strength to resist the temptations of this world, that you would give us the wisdom to carry out our lives in a way that would be pleasing to you. And Lord, that we would always have the humility to look into your word and to let it correct our lives. Lord, we ask that you would be with us in this day, that we would join together again this evening in, in worship and study of your word, and that we will always strive to be examples of a reflection of your Son to all those that we come in contact with. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.